The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. So how have you been? I've been good. Yourself? Good. Yeah. Uh... Hanging in there as best as you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I gave uh, blood this morning and... Uh... Awesome. I get, I got home and I was like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. I have less blood now. Gives me a good safe excuse to get out of the house, but. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it's like, oh, man. You know, and I'm pretty sure like everybody feels that way, too. It's just like, oh, man, I want to get out of the house. want to go do stuff and just waste time just yeah. being out somewhere and crap like I usually do, but. But exactly. My wife and I were talking about that. It's like, we, we don't have anything to really go and do, but it's the thought of that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> and then it makes you want to go out and be like, hey, let's do something or just bum around somewhere. Yeah. If we've had some places, places start opening back up here in Arizona and I'm just like, yeah, I still don't feel real comfortable. Yeah. I'll go out and get the essentials of what I need and that kind of thing. But I like the, um, the Barnes and Noble here is opening back up they have like shorter hours and like i don't really know what they're mm-hmm. doing yeah there i mean i i know that um we, we my wife and i used to work there we that's where we uh where we met and so you know we still have a bunch of friends that work there and everything okay and so you know before we would go there and kind of just like hang out and talk to people and you know it's like oh look at the books take our daughter go look at oh, yeah. books and play with the little trains that they have and look at the toys and stuff that they have. And yeah. Now it's like, no, nah, I don't want you touching any of that, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to season five, episode 10 of the better band podcast an all encompassing trip through the Pearl jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. Today, in our Yield episodes, I have guest Dave Chinacki. Hello, Dave. Hello, Brandon. How's it going? It is going well. Good. Are you Are you ready to talk about our song? I am ready Low to talk. Light? I oh. am very <laughs> ready to talk about our song, Low Light. Our, quite possibly my favorite Pearl Jam song. If not one, it's 1A or mm-hmm. 2, probably. Yeah, I think Yield is a very, as I've said before on other episodes, I'm guessing since I haven't recorded them yet. <laughs> 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 wink wink not judge uh, yeah, all that, yeah. it's it's a very i remember when it came out and they said that oh this is a return to rock pearl jam oh it's just like uh it's just like vitology and versus you know because they had no code there before it right but it does seem like a weird sort of like almost perfect middle point in mm-hmm. their Absolutely. in their albums kind of like the before the before times and then like the after with it yeah, for sure. The um, it it definitely does seem like uh, I don't know. To me, No Code was like a palate cleanser of sorts. Um, an album uh, that I love, and I know a lot of Pearl Jam fans love, but there are some people who it definitely turned them off uh, to the band, and uh, they don't like it as much. 
because um, it wasn't ten versus Vitology. Yeah. But I think I think they had to make that they had to make you no know, codes be able to come together and kind of realize what's important, what they like as a band, how they work together, and to be able to create um, what still to to me to this day is um, their best album in Yield. I mean, it, it just seems like everything was just firing on all cylinders on this album yeah but then i I guess as i work through these albums and listen to them again it's like oh man this is really good i forgot how good this is it's like oh it's almost like this is a really good band or something (laughs) right yeah it's it's amazing yeah i i did that too i went through uh up to the release of gigaton i spent one night for 10 nights before that came out listening to every single album in a row i'm like yeah i mean there's there's nothing bad mm-hmm. here this is all great music um and every i mean that's the great thing about music right everybody has their own personal favorites and things they like and but it's yeah great band great, making great music and um guild is definitely right up top of there and one of the things I love about it is just that it, it seems that they were very happy in this moment. You know, you get some mm-hmm. of that from the uh, single video theory uh, video. Yeah, it just, you know, they're happy to be making music. The the kind of burdens and stuff that they felt prior to this were gone. And they're just kind of, it kind of seems like the start of a, yeah, let's do this for us because we want to do it, not because we feel like we have some sort of obligation to do it. Yeah, like, but they're getting back into like some promotion and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a no code. They were kind of like, okay, we got to make sure we got to cut off the people, make sure that there's no more parasites on us and everything. And now we're free to kind of do this the way that we want to do. And, you know, we have this extra weight off of us so we can kind of get back into it and enjoy what we're doing without being weighed down by this excess that's on us. Yep, exactly. Um, Anyway, this song, Lyrics and Music by Jeff Ament. And this was also the last song from Yield, uh, except for, you know, the red dot, color red, uh, that they they debuted live years after the album came out at... uh, Bridge School, two thousand one. That's that's right. I was looking back at the concert chronology uh, the other day, kind of prepping for this, and I was like, "Wait, they didn't play it live until three years after yeah. Yield came out." That's that's pretty remarkable to me. They maybe it just it just seems like because I know in recent years they've kind of had a renaissance with the, the song and have have started playing it quite a bit, which is all fine by me. Um, but it it maybe it seems like makes it seem to me like they kind of were always playing it, but I really kind of wonder what the reasoning on that was. Cause yeah, everything else was played on, on that yield tour, except for this. Yeah. yeah even push me, pull me. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was played a couple times on that tour. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, it, it, it seems like it's, it's like a perfect song for kind of like a, uh, I don't know, maybe like an encore or maybe even a, uh, a, uh, a an opening song possibly too. Yeah. 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 They, I saw them open with it in Chicago at the first Wrigley show in 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, I mean, I, I'm here talking about, you know, one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. So I thought that was awesome, but it, it was a great opener. It, you know, it was dusk, the sun was setting, low light. It was perfect.
notes I have, which is not much out there. Uh, as as we get further on the albums, there's like kind of less and less about some of these songs and stuff like that, except for maybe some of the big ones and everything like that. But um, Jeff says that this was his answer to the question that he posed in his other song from this album, Pilot. And so that's sort of about what to do in life. And then this one is sort of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, let's see, the line is uh, two birds is what they'll see. And then if you have the uh, the yeah. CD or the album, you look and the lyrics for this one, it has uh, a picture of two crows in there. Yep. Yeah. And then, oh, I didn't see, I didn't find out where the little yield symbol is. Maybe I'll do that for these episodes. Where the little yield symbol is. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't have it. I should have my album in front of me, but I don't. Let's see. Um, I guess, oh, yeah, it's like on the tail. Yeah, the little triangle yield thingy is on the tail of uh, oh, yeah. one of the crows. Yeah. That's right. Or suppose it's supposed to be. Supposed to be, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of. It took me a while to to figure out what the song was doing because I wasn't that musically talented. But uh, it goes from uh, a measure of six eight, then a measure of seven eight. That's why right. it feels like there's yeah. kind of like an extra little beat there. That's hard when you're tapping your foot, like. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I like. Uh... I like when bands throw in little weird stuff about that that make you they because when you if you're just listening to the song you, you may kind of feel that extra beat but it's not like some other songs you know like something like Rush that has like super weird time signatures and stuff like you feel that now it, at least to me I've never uh, like felt it so out of place in here I mean I think that's a, a bit of a testament to the what, the rhythm ch- section of Pearl Jam and. Uh, Jeff's songwriting that it could make that feel nice and sound in the song, not out of place. Yeah, you would think that uh, Matt Cameron coming from Soundgarden would have put that sort of stuff in, but they've kind of right. had a little bit of that kind of all along the song and last exit mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, Matt definitely makes his odd time signatures and stuff and weird fills and stuff. It felt a little bit more than something like this, but. Yeah, wherever you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, wherever I was going. Yeah, yeah. the, the, the thoughts. Yeah, but but Matt 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 can handle it because he's the man. So yeah, lyrically, musically, what is it about the song that that really speaks to you? That makes it like one of your favorite songs. Um, I I don't know. There's it. Would, I can't necessarily describe what it was like the first time listening through Yield, but it, I was immediately drawn to it. And um, you know, the last time we talked. It was uh, talking about who you are on no code and you know that's kind of quasi spiritual pearl jam and i think this is as well a little bit and i, I like that side of them mm-hmm. i like the, the posing the questions i like the idea of you know light is used in in a lot of religions and a lot of spirituality and just um, the idea of being somewhere in your life you know as Jeff says, low light, sidetracked, low light, that, you know, we all meander and move throughout life. And sometimes we make the right decisions. Sometimes we make the wrong decision, but we have to find our way back to our path. And sometimes we're further away from that light um, that we uh, are all headed to, whatever that might be uh, for you personally. And it can be lower, but you'll find your way back. You'll find your way back into the light and I just that, you know, um, I find it's very, it fairly universal that people, you know, 
life's ebb and flow and you know we get lost sometimes and we find our way back hopefully so that 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 whole kind of idea has always really resonated with me and one of the reasons i really like the song and it seems like the the production of it musically um it just had a very lush um grand sound to it to uh to me that um, I've always liked that seems to doesn't stand out of place on yield or within their catalog, but it really seemed like the first time um, they kind of had this really lush um, full sound in this kind of way to me. Yeah. Where Pearl Jam albums can usually in the second half get a little, I don't know about meandering, but it loses some of the strength that it has in the, in the first Mm -hmm. half, this, while it is a slower song, I think that it does keep a real impact going in the, in the second half, which is, is something uh, you kind of miss later on in some albums. And it's kind of like, oh, wow, like both sides of this are real good. There's, there's a lot of real good songs on, on, on both sides of this that I don't think that it would, it would do better with any uh, rearranging of the tracks. Right. And to me, too, it, the song ends musically, like the tone and the feel of the song really ends um i hear a lot of optimism in the sound in the chords and uh, the brightness of the song at the end where it kind of holds that chord all the way out to the end um and and i think that that pushes um the song for the album forward you know where it could have ended on a in a darker way they ended in, in a much uh lighter and brighter way that helps push the album forward as well Kind of, um, you know, you start off at home and then you might get a little rebellious in your adolescence and stuff and try to go off and try to find your own way. And sometimes then you're just kind of like, ah, I just gotta, I gotta come back home to, I don't know about where it all began, but maybe where your roots are and where you feel more comfortable and where you kind of, your, your, your ancestral home. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, sometimes people need to find a new home too. And mm-hmm. it could easily roll into this where, you know, maybe you're walking away from a certain light, but towards uh, a new light, uh, finding your way as well. Yeah. So do you think the, uh, the low light then is sort of like the, uh, the sun setting, the twilight of, uh, of one's life? Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, I had never really thought about it in that way, but recently you know kind of looking back over it and reading just some other thoughts people had on on the song it it definitely could kind of look back on your life you know taking stock of where you've been and and as your life kind of winds down what that might be 
Is there anything specific in any like lines of lyrics that you think uh, really speak to you? Because I know that um, for me, like this was this album came out after I graduated high school and uh, I had like my first girlfriend or whatever my senior year, and then we broke up by uh, sometime in the summer or whatever. And this album comes out the uh, the year later or something like that. And then um, the line um, "Your first, my last." kind of spoke to me because it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's like the the first love, but, you know, I feel like I'm never going to love again. I'm never right, going to find right. anybody again. And that's kind of, that line always spoke to me, at least in that in that time, in that part of my life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've always really liked the, the books in Jealousy, Tell Me Wrong, All I Feel is Calm, just in the manner of, you know, being true to yourself. People, you know... Um, our culture and society kind of hit you over the head with, you know, this is how you should be. This is how you should mm-hmm. act. This is what you should be feeling, what you shouldn't be feeling. And, um, you know, there are good books and things out there to read and to help you broaden your mind and figure out the world. But what it comes, what it comes back to is nobody can tell you how you can, how you feel. And, um, peace i always like the peace all i feel is calm is a a nice thing that kind of you know no matter where i am on this path how how close or far i am from the light here you know um i'm at peace with where i am on this journey it could also be sort of like you know this is knowledge and this is experience from another person's point of view or from somebody who who knows better which is why they're writing a book and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and so you don't have to get mad at that sort of thing, yeah. at somebody telling you that you've been wrong, you know, in your life, kind of like, oh, okay, well, this is if I'm going to mm-hmm. get myself back on the right path, or I'm going to take knowledge from that, I don't need to put myself at odds. It's kind of like, okay, I'm learning, I'm I'm absorbing, and I'm growing into a person. So it's kind of like, okay, I won't get mad that this uh, right. messes with my worldview mm-hmm. at all or anything like that. It's kind of, I can take that in and be like, okay, I'm, I'm getting to be a better person and I can, I can feel calm in that. And I don't need to be jealous of other people who are better read than me or who's are smarter than me or anything like that, because we're all in different steps in our own journey through life. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, can't wear my mask. That uh, kind of uh, hits a little differently nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. But that's a, that's a metaphorical one, people. Right. <laughs> not a, this yeah. comes out later in the year. I don't know what things are going to be like. <laughs> but, no, we'll all remember the masks, though, yeah. that's for sure. I'm, uh, I'm not convinced we won't still be wearing them. Yeah. So... Yeah, and by then maybe uh, everybody will have bought some cool-looking ones or made some kind of ones that show some personality yeah. at least, and it's not all... Yeah, the medical-looking ones. Yeah. Oh, boy. Sorry if I derailed. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that line definitely d- hits differently now. It's interesting how that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, 22 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Pearl Jam predicted it, right? <laughs> yeah, just like the Simpsons. <laughs> just like the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, let's make those memes. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you can you can also hear. I got you know when I had have, when I have headphones on and like really listen and stuff like that. It's like okay, I hear Eddie singing back back uh, background vocals, but I think I also hear Jeff too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jeff is singing on it too. Which is kind of uh, something you miss sometimes in the in the uh, album versions of stuff because you know Ed's just like, okay, I'll just sing the backgrounds. But it's kind of nice always having like a different tone in the voices of uh, some background mm-hmm. vocals, where it's kind of like you know live. That's what you know they're gonna do. They're gonna have the other people singing along. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Jeff's definitely singing background live, and it doesn't. Sometimes you go, okay, yeah, I I know why they're doing that live, but it's kind of missing something from the sound from the re- album version. But you know, I think Jeff's voice uh, pairs well with Eddie, um, anyways. But especially on this song, that you know, the I guess three times I've seen it live now, oh, has uh, definitely blended well, and you can tell you can tell that Jeff's singing on the album because the sound and the tone and stuff are the same for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel very lucky. I don't know what the percentage is. Three out of seventy-four is still pretty small, but uh, you know, four. I've seen four percent of the live performances of Low Light. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, especially if it's not like a uh, you know a huge yeah. song or not a given to right. fly at least off of uh, off this album or something. Yeah, or yeah, evolution. I was comparing those numbers. Yeah, you know. 469 times were given to fly and 74 for low light is funny. The 2013, I think it was, um, I saw him in Phoenix. Uh, we went to, you know, a wishlist foundation, um, kind of pre-party thing by the venue and we're hanging out there. My wife and I are having a drink and they had the, uh, Madison square garden DVD from 2003 Mm -hmm. playing on the TVs and over the, over the sound system and uh, low light came on. So they played in that show. I turned to my wife and I said, they could come out, <laughs> play low light and leave. And whatever I paid for these tickets will be <laughs> absolutely worth it. And she's like, Oh, interesting. I was like, yeah, between that. And um, I was like, I've never heard them open with long road, you know, uh, would, would love that too. I was like, but I'll take a low light. I don't, I don't really care about anything else. You know, that'd be great. And they opened up with long road, played release and then went into low light. And oh, wow. yeah. Uh, I don't know if they had a spy in there or something, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that was pretty great. Um, as little as they generally had been playing it up to that point, you know, I had almost, and you can never, never say never with Pearl jam. Uh, that you'll never get to hear your white whales or your songs that you're just dying to hear because it changes so much from night to night and what they feel like playing. But I'd almost kind of resign myself to the fact that I may never hear Low Light live and, you know, got it that night. And that was that was just a fantastic moment. Then three years later, they opened Wrigley with it. And then two years later after that, see him play it in Seattle uh, at one of the home shows. So it you know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a shame they played it so early and you had to miss the rest of the show then because uh <laughs> yeah. pulled you away and was like, okay, you got what you wanted to for, let's go. Right. Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, honey, I meant, no. I meant can I rephrase? <laughs> no, she's uh she's not the Pearl Jam fan I am, but she likes him and she un- she understands the whole deal when we go to see him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Other concerts we may go to, maybe try to make it to the car while they're playing the last song. I'll, I'll they'll have to kick me out of an arena or a stadium or something after a full jam show. Yeah, 
It's like, oh, you never know. Are they done? No. Are they really done? You, exactly. Just because the lights are up doesn't. Okay, well, people are starting to take amps down and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe. But... That still that doesn't mean that could you be switching some stuff out, right? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you know. Have you ever seen Full Light Live, Brandon? Uh, no, I haven't. I think um, from the songs from Yield, I haven't heard uh, No Way. Uh, all those yesterdays are push me, pull me. I'm trying to think what my percentage is on yield. Pull my Pearl Jam stat tracker app. <laughs> I know. Uh, on iTunes. That's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's still on iTunes, but it still loads on my phone. I've seen 69% of yield. Uh, so no way pilot, red dot, and push me, pull me. I haven't seen, but the rest of it I have. But yeah. I mean, again, you know, this is my favorite album of theirs. And my favorite song and a year ago my wife and i both got our first tattoos and i got the shape of a yield sign on my wrist you know it was about as close to a no-brainer mm-hmm. tattoo as i could get i'm like it's been over 20 years since i that i've loved this album i don't think that's going to change anytime soon so i can permanently mark that on my body yeah is that does it say yield in it or does it say pearl jam no yeah, it says neither. Oh, okay. It's just actually. the, it's the just shape. The, the, the shape of the yeah, shape of the yield sign. So it's so, your little hidden picture thingy. Uh, it yeah. is, and it actually it it, it is it really is because it rests under my watch band too. So as to not be completely out there. Yeah. So yeah, you have to look even a little bit harder than you have to do in the yield booklet. Yeah, my head and yield. You gotta, you gotta be able to hide those tattoos, because you know people <laughs> who hire for jobs. You know, it's uh, right. Everybody's doing that. You know, nobody. That's why you don't see people with any uh, tattoo, visible tattoos everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've I've hired people before, and they're like, "Tattoos okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine, man. Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you want to gush about this song about? Oh, gosh. Or? Um. You know, it's it's one of those sometimes, yeah, I can articulate a little bit. We've talked about some of the things I like about the songs, some of the lyrics that give me, but sometimes there are those songs that just speak to you and you can't articulate it. And I think in some ways, Low Light is one of those for me. Mm-hmm. I just see beauty and optimism and joy and, a, you know, a, a fighting through life. Um and for lack of better words, a can-do attitude uh, in in this song that it's 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 not taking um, the hard times that, that life may be handing you and uh, wallowing in them, but it's taking that going. Okay, this is where I am. Where do I need to go? Let's see how we get there. Uh, let's let's clear that path to home, kind of thing. And I don't know. I I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And I, I play it for friends and friends that know I love Pearl Jam and like, hey, you know, what's your favorite Pearl Jam song, Dave? And, you know, I uh, I always pull this out because I know uh, some of the other ones, they may have heard some other songs, but a lot of people, um, casual fans probably haven't heard Low Light. And, you know, a lot of people are expecting this is rip and rocker for me to play from. They're like, oh, <laughs> oh this is your favorite Pearl Jam song. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's just not what I was expecting at all. And, you know, I would say before Yield came out, I wouldn't have, you know, would have expected this type of song of theirs to be one of my favorites. But I think it was my junior year of high school when Yield came out. And um, I don't know, it was just 
you know, looking at life in front of you, get, you know, getting ready to be seniors, like, you know, wanting to find your way to break from, you know, your parents and that kind of thing. And it all just kind of really spoke to me then and continues to now the more I live life. It does kind of have like a sort of swaying back and forth arm in arm with buddies in a bar kind of just all singing feel to it too. Yeah. And especially with all the, the, the vocals and stuff like that layered uh, in there too. It's kind of like, oh, you know, everybody can sing along and just kind of like, yeah, like at least that's one of the things I can get from it listening to it. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely does. Um, and I picture an old Irish pub and the song comes on and everybody grabs their stein and locks arm mm-hmm. in arm. Yeah, I could totally see that. It's what I do when the song comes on anyways, yep. but it's usually <laughs> just me at home with a beer. So. <laughs> And it's it's also to say that home doesn't necessarily have to be metaphorical home or a physical home or a physical or, home, I guess, or it's, a spiritual it, it, home or anything, you know, and that's a great thing about lyrics. That's a great thing about songs is this can mean something completely different to me than it can to you that it can to somebody else. And, and then what Jeff wrote, wrote it about it, it can all mean something different and be just as impactful for anybody who hears it. I don't know. I think it kind of might get lost sometimes too, because Eddie didn't write the lyrics to it. So, but it doesn't feel like it's something that comes off as not in line with the rest of the Pearl Jam lyrics or anything that like that too. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, it just fits perfectly. It doesn't, it doesn't have any sort of, I don't know, oddness to it. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the things just about yield in general, the real collaborative nature and, you know, they kind of, went forward with that a little bit from yield. Um, but you know, they all kind of hit on a cylinder that makes it sound like any of them could have written any part of any of the songs. Mm-hmm. Red dot may be worth withstanding, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that's part of the magic, at least to me to yield is that, you know, anybody could have, could have done any of these songs and, and it fits real well. I do think it's interesting, though. Uh, recently, I've noticed that at the very end of the song, the lyric is, I need the light. Eddie has started singing live. I don't need the light. So I'm kind of wondering in what way I'd love to have the conversation of, you know, what does the song mean to you? Why do you feel the need to, to sing? I don't need the light. Is it a spiritual thing? Is it a metaphorical thing? Is it I've lived and done everything and more than I ever thought I could? I don't necessarily need the spotlight, but I'm choosing to be in the spotlight now. I mean, it could, it could be so many different things. Or it could be uh, possibly um, sort of like I don't need to be, I don't know, happy all the time. Like I can accept and, you know, take some bad things in life and know that it's going to go away because you know light yeah. and dark is a cycle so i don't need it to be light all the time I, I can accept whatever else i get yeah for sure yeah so let's wrap it up and is there um just like last time i think it's kind of a good thing to kind of stick with is there anything that you think people should do to try to um make other people's day or try to to spread kindness that's much needed in this world. Yeah. Um, so my family, once a month, we volunteer at a local food bank here in Tucson. And we help 
give out food that has been collected from grocery stores that is all good and still good food but it you know it's either on or coming close to the date or you know the vegetables don't look as pretty as they want them to on the shelves and stuff like that and it's um it's really opened my eyes one not only to the need here uh, people that need food um, but also to the amount of food waste we have in this country Mm -hmm. and um, especially in this time that we are living in right now with a pandemic and people's a lot of people being out of work, a lot of people getting hours cut, you know, the food insecurity um, is definitely jumped up. But um, we we give out this help give out food uh, once a month. And um, it's it's such a tangible, real, nice way everybody needs to eat. And um, it's just, it's been great for us to do that as a family and to spread a little good and a little hope and a little uh, nourishment to the people that come to uh, get food. And there's always tons of it and there's always tons left over. And so um, I would challenge people uh, to look for something like that, whether if you think that sounds cool, uh, most cities have some sort of food bank that you can volunteer at uh, to help pack food and and such or help give it away. You know, we're doing it all very safely now with prepackaged boxes and gloves and masks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, people really appreciate it. And sometimes I feel like doing work like that, like the re- it's so other people feel good and the other people uh, and the people you're doing this service for to, for them to get food and for them to be appreciative, but, you know, giving back makes yourself feel good too. And while that's not the point, it's uh, definitely a nice byproduct of being able to do it and putting some good out there into the world when there's so much craziness going on. It's a very simple thing and, but a very worthwhile and needed thing in virtually every city in our country. So um, that's something that we're doing uh, that we really enjoy doing and um, and more people that could help doing that in their area, I think, you know, would slowly just help make the world a better place. Yeah. Feedingamerica.org is how you can find your local food bank. Absolutely. And uh, get in contact with them. I think it's real good too, to see, to have your kids do that with you and to have them see that you're doing this to, to, to make sure that this kind of thing keeps going through the generations and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I wasn't necessarily nervous taking my daughter the first time, but it was just kind of like, I don't know what she'll get out of it. And as in, I mean, she has a blast every, every time we go um, doing it. And so that just warms my heart as a father that, that that's the case. And that it's not like pulling teeth to to get her to go every time we, we decide to go because we're going regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so that's always good. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, Dave. Always good talking with you. You're welcome. Yeah, great talking with you again. The Better Band Podcast is produced by listenupreno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. 
You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you'd like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to tell your friends. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to bettervanpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Dave, and as always, this is Brandon saying, I'm seeing double here for Krusty's. Thank you.